Ladies and gentlemen, what is up? Happy Friday. We're going to do it again inside your ear hole one more time. Nesson After Hours, boys and girls, presented by People's United Bank, the Nesson After Hours podcast. I'm Emerson Lazia, joined by my incredible, energetic co-host, Sealy Godwin. Hey, girl. Hey. Guys, there was so much sarcasm when he said that. I don't think you even understand going on about three, four hours of sleep. I have my <laughs> coffee next to me, but it hasn't hit yet. So you'll know when it hits some point during this podcast. Yeah, I'll definitely know. I can see you. I know people can only hear us, but I can see you. And I know when you start sweating, that caffeine really kicks in. <laughs> You're disgusting. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, uh, we, let, let, there's so much going on. I know we say that every single week, I feel like, but it's it's honest to God the truth. Uh, we're basically in March Madness of hockey. Bruins right now with the Hurricanes in their first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. Their series is tied at one apiece. We have a very special guest on today to talk about that and everything else bees related. Uh, college football is just – getting axed left yeah. and right college sports in the fall um will we see college football played in the spring we'll talk mm. about that and what that might mean for college sports moving forward as we try to navigate ourselves through a pandemic um and then also we we talked about this before but guys you can't be dating women and bringing in that la work or mm. those IG models yeah you you gotta stay in your bubble and you gotta be smart about it overcome the adversity guys i have faith in you (laughs) i i know the thirst is real but the thirst should not be real in 2020 Mm. so there was a player who got kicked off of an nfl team and uh, the nba bubble they had to send out a nice little memo about that as well so we'll unpack all of that today on the after hours podcast okay awesome so let's go ahead and introduce one of my best friends (laughs) <laughs> okay there he is he's gonna introduce himself andrew yeah, raycroft baby andrew raycroft you guys watch him like every night on nesson one of our nhl gurus and know-it-alls he played for the bruins uh, my man it is an absolute pleasure to have your voice here on this podcast thanks a lot for taking the time i know we all got our asses up early after a late night at work last night uh, my first question to you is, after the uh, the Bruins here drop game two, so series tied at 1-1, I'm sorry, but the first thing that like caught my attention last night, and I know Sealy can add to it as well, what the hell is up with Tuka Rask's post-game comments here, man? Yeah, not ideal. Not ideal in any way whatsoever. I think I think Tuka's trying to get comfortable in this whole situation and, and it's different for him and he's trying to be honest and trying to be, I don't think funny's the right word, but, but relaxed. And, but unfortunately he used the words results, uh, not caring, yeah. trying to have fun come playoff time, kind of the worst words to use, unfortunately. And listen, he, he didn't play that way. I thought he had a good game last night. I thought he battled really hard last night. It was a tough game when nothing was really coming easy to either goaltender. A lot of broken plays, uh, nothing really in front of these guys. So I thought Tuca's play did not mirror his words in any way. So, again, I think it was poorly executed. There's no question about that. I'm sure it won't happen again. 
So those are your thoughts on Tugarask. Let's talk about the team as a whole. Um, through the four games before the series um, and now through two games in their first round series, how do you grade their play? I think they're right where they need to be. I thought last night was a winnable game. A little disappointing not to find a way, but for a team that's playing back-to-back -back playoff games, just bringing the intensity up, I, I can understand why there's some lulls in there still. But again, they're, they're getting used to the bubble life. They're getting used to these games. And uh, the round robin, it, they just didn't – it didn't matter. The intensity wasn't there. So, so basically they played two games with intensity within 48 hours of each other. So I understand the lulls. It would have been nice to find a way to pull it out, but they weren't going to win 16 in a row. And that's what they're going to say. Listen – We've lost many playoff games. We find a way to, to bounce back. And I, I think they will do that and prove that. Uh, yo, so no pasta as well, not to like bury the lead here. But um, as like a player in, in that uh, dressing room, um, Razor, like you hear no pasta, what, like 20 minutes, 30 minutes before puck drop. I mean, what's that, what's that do for these guys? Like, what's that do to them mentally, man? Are they like, Oh God, this is going to be 10 times more difficult now. Well, those guys would have known pasta wasn't playing a lot earlier than 20 minutes before they would have known what, what the deal was, you know, within the afternoon pasta would have talked to the guys. So, so that didn't catch them by storm. It wasn't like you got hit in the face of the puck or went down and warm up. Yeah. So, so they were prepared for that. I think they've played without David before. They've, they've gone through so many battles without guys, especially, you know, they're better players. They've found ways to win. So I don't think much rattles this group, especially not losing a guy for one or two games. I think they did a good job. And, again, it was winnable without David. He was the best goal scorer in the league. So that's a positive, you know, for me to look at it that way. They didn't have one of their best players, and they still probably – could have won that game so uh positive news hopefully david it's it's going to be hard to get him back i think for saturday but i would expect that by game four he's back in the lineup and they should be able to to find a way to make hay without him for a few games razor are you at all surprised by how long some of these games i mean we're seeing five ot three ot um are you surprised that we're seeing such long playoff games in general and what does that mean a little surprised i what it means though is the guys are committed and you know this is playoffs and these guys recognize the urgency and I, so for me that the commitment to play five overtime periods is impressive in good times with twenty thousand people in the building and to do it with no one there and to find that urgency that momentum that that uh, that gut in each of them to do that is, is quite impressive, and, and it makes me tell me these guys care and want to win. Uh, question for you. I, so I just lost audio for the last, like, three minutes. So whatever your answer was to my pasta question, I'm sure it was absolutely phenomenal. Whatever Sealy's oh, question just was. The answer I've ever given I, and you know what? in my entire life. <laughs> so that's why I'm going to ask you the same exact question tonight when we have you on Nesson After Hours, the actual television program. Uh, okay. How much does it hurt, uh, I guess, Pasta's chances of playing when you're looking at – and tell me if you answered this. If, I did. Uh, I did. I'm already ahead of you. Really? No, with, the turnaround, with the turnaround yeah. tomorrow? All right, great. Maybe we can edit this part out or keep it in because I'm an idiot. No, it's, I, can, I, can, I can go a little bit further than what I said earlier. I, 
No, I think it's difficult to – I would not expect him in the lineup just because of that quick turnaround tomorrow morning, not knowing – how good he feels, how much treatment he can get throughout the day. And you don't want to roll him out and just go off of a 10-minute warm-up how he feels. That, that can cause more injuries. And you don't want to go into a game with a guy who's going to play two shifts and then leave the first period in your shorthand of the rest of the game. So coaches want to make sure these guys can play 60 minutes when they do put them in the lineup. And I think that's going to be hard to gauge without pregame skate, without a full day of treatment beforehand. So – I don't expect to see David. I have no reason to say that other than my gut and what I've seen before in hockey. Uh, more likely see him game four. Uh, can the Bruins win the series against a pretty hot Hurricanes team without David Pasternak? Just, let's just say if he's out for the entire series. Ooh. Yeah, they can. Yes, there's no question. that Again, there was a winnable game without David last night. They – they had many opportunities. David Krejci misses that breakaway to go up 2-0. The, when they played their game, they took it to Carolina. They broke the puck out of their zone very seamlessly. It was when they got a, a little fatigued, it looked like, uh, a little lackadaisical in their own zone. They started rimming pucks. And when you rim pucks against the Carolina Hurricanes forecheck, it plays right into their hands. They're able to then find seam passes and get the Bruins or whoever they're playing out of position defensively. So that's what happened last night. I think they can clean all of those things up. There was, there was nothing in that game last night that, that made me think that Carolina is a massive threat if the Bruins stick to their 60 minutes. Um, are the Bruins better right now if they take the round-robin games more seriously? Because they've they've, you've had multiple guys come out, even last night. Marshan saying the round robin games for us were exhibition games. If they take them more seriously, are they in a better spot right now? Are they playing better hockey now? I don't think so. I don't think so. I think it, you know they could have easily been one one had they played eighty two games against these guys. And uh, so, so no, I don't. I don't. I think the round robins are right now way in the past. After playing two playoff games, I think we can leave that where the Bruins wanted to leave it in the first place and. And not even bother with it. So uh, it's it's on to the next game. They're, today's an adjustment day. They're going to watch video. They're going to make some line adjustments. They're going to make some defensive zone adjustments. And look forward to game three, which, again, is happening quite quickly here. Yeah. Uh, one more before you go here, Razor. Uh, your best and worst playoff memory as a player? Best happened within four days of each other. My best memory of all time, career-wise, hockey-wise, is game four in Montreal, double overtime, Glenn Murray scoring against Jose Theodore uh, to make us go up 3-1. Three games later, we lose in game seven at the Garden, one nothing. They scored Z Richard Zednick with four minutes left in the game to lose one nothing. Uh, by far the worst, most painful memory that I've had in certainly my professional life and probably the last time I cried as an adult. Wow. Oh. Wow. Those are some hard, intense oh, memories, my friend. Yeah, it was the worst. So, yeah, so I had, I had like the highs and lows of my entire career within seven days, which is <laughs> maybe not saying too much. Yeah. <laughs> Wow, man, I I feel sorry that uh, we we had to bring this up. Like you are, I can I can tell, I can hear your voice trembling. You're getting emotional yeah. right now with us. 
I found a way to get over it over the last 16 years, so it's uh, it's okay. Yeah, it, it definitely sounds like you're over it, Raycroft. <laughs> yeah. Hey man, I just really, really, really appreciate you having on. I know you're a busy man. You got a bunch of like kids to chase after now. I do. Um, I do. Thanks. Uh, but it was fun to get on here early and get the energy from you guys to get out there and chase those kids around. So That's right, baby. Good luck. I'm really enjoying quarantine being over and we get to really hang out a lot the three of us. It's, you know, we're like the wolf pack, right? Let now. me tell you what, dude. Giving you that elbow bump last night inside the newsroom, oh, like magical. dude, I I felt a fire in my loins that I have not <laughs> felt in quite some time, dude. You are just a really, really good friend of mine, and you will never leave me or I will find you, okay? <laughs> I, I just need an invite. Loins. You guys I can't believe you went happens. with loins. <laughs> hey, man, it's anatomy, bro. Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. Uh, Andrew Aycroft, we'll All talk right, to guys. you later, my friend. Yeah, you got it. Have a great day. All right, so we're also seeing a ton of news come out in the college sports world uh the ncaa announcing on thursday that there will not be any fall championships it's across 22 fall championships um and and that includes you know all of the sports besides football besides fbs so yeah it that's that one little asterisk that you got to pay attention there because when you first saw it pop up in your phone you're like oh my god this is it this is it we're not going to have football this fall this is the end really closely at it Except FBS. <laughs> <laughs> Still hanging on. Mm. Still hanging on. What are we at? Almost like half the teams that aren't going to be playing. Yeah. It was so funny because. percent mark. That's when he made that call. It, yeah. It, it, more than it was. I think the Big East dropped out last uh, on, on Thursday. They were the last ones to kind of push them over that 50% threshold there where they're like, okay, that's it. We're, we're going to have less than 50% of teams competing. We should not have championships so they're either yep. gonna have them in the winter or the spring um it, it, and this your sucks opinion, talked about this a little bit we know it sucks but is this the right thing to do uh i i think right right now we just we don't we're learning every day about this freaking virus it is so frustrating because there's there are times even like in our lives we can look back and say man okay i think like a few months ago i should have been doing like stuff differently and mm -hmm. then we think we know something now and then you know what we're you know what we're gonna be proved wrong here in like a couple months you know, we just don't really know what to expect there's no one on the planet who's alive who's like bent through something like this it's kind of crazy so like right now it's all about common sense to me this was going to be an uphill battle that had to start uh, with with the realization really that that this couldn't be about winning first you you do have to put like the players health uh, and families and also these universities are like oh damn dude um, so like we're liable for everyone who's on our campus so if these teams do start playing and you know player um, God you know forbid gets like super sick or something like that university is going to be held liable like 100% and also from the beginning the return of college football here was more likely to spread the coronavirus and stop it. <laughs> uh, I mean, uh, I've heard so many different takes on this, and there's, you know, it, it ranges so much. Um, I mean, a lot of people are that I, I hear like, "Don't play in fear. This only impacts, you know, a very small percentage. They'll be fine. They're college kids, you know, yada yada yada." But to me, I'm like looking back, and I'm like, "Okay, so you're work in your eyes, you're okay with sacrificing one person's life for." for a sport and that to me is so sad I, I think we've gotten so I understand the impact of sports and how it brings us together in tough times but this is completely different 
Um, I mean, it, this isn't a risk you really want to play around with. No. Literally. And I, it's sad that we've lost our empathy for other people. And that's what's so troubling to me about all of this. And when you're looking worldwide, everybody's looking at the U.S. kind of like pointing and laughing like, what the hell are they doing? I know. Yeah, we got to get this thing under control. I'm so with you. Like the reason we're not letting players here dictate uh, like situations like this is, is really because they are not considering all of the risks and, yeah. the, and and the same parents and people who are who are advocating right now to play are the ones who inevitably would would have sued in a heartbeat like one of these schools um if, if someone was like hospitalized so like i think eh, god man i love football so much i know you do i know everyone does right now this is brutal but i, I think we need we need football but first <laughs> we need to defeat the coronavirus yeah um i i think that in the grand scheme of things, playing something safe is not never something you sh should regret. Um, so that, I mean, it, it's just the right thing to do. And I know we're going to see probably the SEC and the ACC try to play. Um, but if you've paid attention to what's going on with MLB, as soon as a couple of people get it, it's, it's too late. You're going to, you're going to have most of your, a majority of your team get it. Um, so it's, it's just such a delicate situation. I think it's the right call. Um, and, and obviously this is an evolving situation. So things could change. Who, kn who knows? Literally anything could happen. All right. My question to you is how delicate of a situation is childbirth? Oh my God. Um, <laughs> I right. don't know from personal experience. That's true. You're only a dog mom. You did not give birth to your dog. But, uh, I, I mean, being a woman and having friends who've given birth, um, in different ways. Um, it's uh, and it, it, a crazy, intense experience, but at the same yeah. time, it's hard as hell. <laughs> All right, so I want you're literally giving birth <laughs> to a human being. I want everyone listening to know, no, we're, we're not making this like a health podcast right now. The reason, the reason I'm asking Celia this, the reason we're talking about this is because Dante Hightower, who obviously who has chosen uh, the stud linebacker for the Patriots who, who has gone the route of sitting out this season has used the iconic 28 to three as motivation for his fiance during her 17 hours of labor. Okay. So please listen to this from the Boston globe. This is from high towers fiance. It was a long, long night and long day. And he kept reminding me 28 to three, 28 to three, meaning you can be behind and come back. Never give up. <laughs> Dante is a motivator and always has been. <laughs> I don't really like, so she also said he kind of renewed my spirit that he was in this with me. And if I wavered at all, he was here to pick me back up. He got me through it for sure. Wow. She is taking the high road on this. Is she not? <laughs> Come on, say something. Say something right now. Uh, you seem have, you seem pissed off. To say, but at the same time, I'm like shake my head just because she's giving birth and you're sitting there equating it to a football game. And that to me, I'm just like, I, I would have punched him in the face. I'm like, I'm giving birth to our child. This is not <laughs> a pigskin and, and you're not trying to tackle me. I mean, this is just. I mean, whatever works. You know what? Like, yeah. At, at first, I was just like, "What the hell?" Like, 
what is with men always going back to the thing they're most obsessed with to, to uh, relate it to every other facet of life. And it's just, I was like, this is just such a football, you know, jock statement to make. Um, <laughs> that's the only thing that they can point to because that's all they know. But at the same time, I'm like, you know what? If she loves him. Yeah. And, and that worked and that helped her get through it. And then so be it. But if it was me, I would have been like, I'm going to punch you in the face if you don't. Yeah, right. I, 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 love, I love anyone who could take the lessons that they've learned on the playing field, on the court, you know, you know, take it into real life with them. But this is one of those things. My wife would have been like, what the hell did you just say to me? Yep. <laughs> like, shut up. Yep. <laughs> she already doesn't want me saying much because my mouth just gets me into trouble. But exactly. if I'm sitting there next to her and it's hour 16 of being in labor and I'm like, come on, baby, 28 to three, let's go. If I can do that, you can do this. She would literally get up off the table and which maybe the child would like actually come out of her at that point and she would strangle me. Oh, yeah. And I would I be like, dead. Baby's gonna hold on first. I gotta strangle your ass. Like, <laughs> yeah, no. Just child I mean, hanging on the the umbilical cord from the mother. It's like, let's get him, ma. <laughs> as long as you don't spike the baby, <laughs> right. please just please just don't do that. Um, yeah, no. I mean, congrats to them. I mean, a healthy baby boy, uh, and obviously he's he opted out of the season. Um, he he wants to spend time with his fiance, their baby. Yeah, I get mm. that. Um, but man, oh man, for the if I ever get married and if I ever had children, that that person out there never, ever, <laughs> ever equate labor to a football game, or else need, uh, I uh, will be a widow. We need we need producer Fred to mark the tape because when you eventually find your future lover, we will definitely play this early on in the relationship. That way there are just no issues, okay? Uh, you might be waiting a, a long time there, sir. <laughs> hey, hey, Don't hey. Um, so like they're, they're enjoying kind of this like next step in the relationship and they're having a child, but then there's also what, like NBA and, and are they NBA players and NFL player? Who was the, who was the guy who was trying to take the next step in his relationship, but not realizing like you can't bring people into these protected environments that these teams are trying to build. Yeah. So back to our uh, sport, true sports conversation here. <laughs> um, so we all know that bubble life is, is tough. You're away from your family members, um, your, your loved ones, your friends, all that. Um, but they're there to do a job and that's to win and to keep the team as safe as possible. So you're seeing from the NBA where they're in, uh, implementing new rules where you can't have anyone come into the bubble because now they can have people, friends and loved ones come into the bubble. But you have to prove that you have a longstanding relationship. And if I'm looking at what uh, Adrian Wojnarowski tweeted out about those specific rules, I want to read that out to you. Um, they gave an example of who qualifies as eligible to come into the bubble. Known by the player only through social media or an intermediary is not permitted. Hmm. So all those IG models yeah. are out there crying, I'm sorry, you oh. can't come into the bubble. Bad day um, for them. They've worked so hard to get here. Yeah. I mean, it's, <laughs> we've heard about the L.A. work. Um, I think Dinwiddie was talking about that, you know, don't fly out the LA work. I mean, we know these guys <laughs> get hit up on DM 
uh, all the time. Yeah, um, no, I get beautiful it. Beautiful women. They're beautiful women. That's all yeah. I'm going to say. Um, <laughs> so I was like, oh, man. <laughs> She's very complimentary this morning. <laughs> so uh, we, we know that about the NBA, and I think they're locking down on it. But the NFL has already had their first little run-in with that. So the news came out Thursday that a Seahawks rookie was caught trying to sneak a woman disguised as a player into the team hotel. Wait a minute. So what, so was it like, <laughs> was it like that scene out of uh, like scary movie where he has his girlfriend uh, basically just put on all like the football pads? <laughs> Essentially, I would assume so. I haven't seen the security footage, yeah. but, but he got legit caught, caught like red handed caught and, and cut. I mean, they, they weren't playing around with this. Business. No. Granted, he was not a top-level big-name <laughs> player, okay? He, he signed one of the lowest deals undrafted free agents. So he wasn't, like, a huge deal. But at the same time, like, it just shows that, I mean, at least for Pete Carroll's sake, they're not fucking around with this. They're yeah. Not, I beat I, myself out there. Are you impressed by that? Uh, yeah, no, that I actually thought my audio cut out for a second. Or I was like, damn, dude, like, Fred's just, like, got this really hot finger, and he can hit the dump <laughs> button at, like, any time. Dude, I'm just thinking of like, all right, if I had a, if I had a girlfriend, I, you know, I had an Instagram out, someone who, want, who really wanted to, to spend some quality time with me. And I'm like, all right, here, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to overnight you these pads and this helmet. And I'm going to want you, before you walk into the hotel lobby, okay, I just want you to put them on, all right? I, I promise you, you're going to look so good. No one's going to ask any questions. <laughs> you get to the elevator, and it's like Pete Carroll standing right next to her. And it's like, hey, you're not Bobby Wagner. <laughs> like, what are you doing? <laughs> I mean. Oh, God. Even producer Fred's like, I black? Is she wearing eye black? I mean, here's the she thing. She got a jock I've strap on? <laughs> I've definitely worn uh, a significant other's, you know, hoodie and, and sweats and all that. But you still look like a girl. Yeah. You know, like your shape is a little bit different there. And I mean. Now, as someone who has a feminine figure, I, I get it. I can assume that, you know, I mean, she probably very much stuck out. I mean, even in the sweats. Like, it's just, I'm sorry. Also, he's got like the pink, you know, the, the, the sweatpants, right? The sweatpants that say pink on the back of them. Yes, dude. Outfit. People still wear those. I, now I can tell you this. No, nobody, my, does wear, nobody wears those anymore. All right. Well, you know what? I am dating myself. That is perfectly yeah. fine. And that's okay. I mean, I could just see Russell Wilson wearing some. Too? That's all. Do you have frosted tips too? No, no, I'm not. I'm not Andrew Raycroft of like five years ago. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's, uh, let me, I, I want predictions real quick. Okay, talk to me, Goose. All over the place here. Yeah, today. it's perfect. Bruins or Hurricanes? Who's going to win the series? Uh, who's going to win the series? Bruins. Do I think the Bruins win game three? I am not super confident of it. So maybe this is uh, going back to our conversation with Razor. I'm telling you, I just, it just, I did not like hearing what the, like, Tuca's attitude is. Let's also not forget that this is a guy who, who threw out the R word recently, like retirement. And I'm a big believer. If I hear someone out there who's not retired already talking about retirement, I kind of feel like you got one foot out the door. And I know it's probably is really tough to be in a position where all these NHL guys, it doesn't feel like that atmosphere. But again, everyone is, is, is in that same position. So you complaining that there's no fans. I mean, everyone else is feeling the same exact way, but you got to have, you got to have your head in it, but it is, 
But, it, but so going off of that, I don't think they win game three. I don't, especially if, if they don't have pasta, although they have been good without pasta before. I get it. But I'm just, I, I, don't, I don't have much faith right now. I don't. That's just me. But, hey, my opinion could change here in about an hour. Yeah, it's true. Do you think it goes to a game seven? I hope it goes to a game seven. There's nothing better than game seven in the, in the playoffs and, and, and specifically playoff hockey. Okay. Sure. So yeah. I mean, it has, the poten- it has the potential to, to do it. I mean, it could go a little back and forth action here. Celtics or Sixers? Uh, Celtics, 100%. Uh, they're going to struggle. They're gonna, it's it's, it's going to suck against the size and length of the 76ers, but without Ben Simmons, there is no question in my mind and the way the Celtics are playing right now because the Celtics were able to accomplish exactly, I think, what they set out to do. They knew they, that they likely weren't going to catch Toronto in the second seed. They locked into the three, and it's and with the way that Tatum, with the way that Brown, and now we've seen how Walker in the, in the, in his minutes restriction and all that fun stuff, and he's actually – this is the first time – First time since what, like I think the '80s or something, something crazy like that, that an Easter Conference team is going into the postseason with three players averaging like more than 20 points a game. It's, it's incredible. A, it's a different game these days. That's that's what yeah. we're seeing. It, it, like, obviously, it's mind blowing to see all these guys putting up massive numbers day in and day out. But at the same time, I just think that's how the game has evolved. You're you're seeing a lot more threes. Um, I mean, it, it's it's. It, they're not playing through fouls anymore, so they're going trips to the line so much more often. They're getting a couple freebies. Yeah, man. I mean, it's just such a different game. But at the same time, it's very, very fun to watch. Also, um, I'm blown away by the bubble, how successful it has been. It really I'm has. Talking about that. The NBA it's been bubble, awesome. The product, the games we're seeing. like yeah. It looks like playoff basketball, and it was just this, the first eight seeding games. That's, that's all it was uh, up to this point. So, um, yeah, it's, it, I, I love what we're seeing down in Orlando. Yeah, it, it now – uh, it does make me a little nervous with them wanting to bring some, you know, allowing some family members to come in. I was like, damn, man, do we really want to kind of risk screwing up, like, all of this hard work that you guys have done to, like, you know, keep the virus out of the bubble? But, hey, listen, that's what they want to do, and they're confident about it. I mean, have at it, man. I'm not the commissioner. I'm not entirely sure about this, but I'm willing to bet that they're testing all these people. And they yeah. Have, they have yeah. to do their own quarantines, too. And they've hey, probably been pre-approved. You know, they've gone through the coaching staff to make sure. And at this point, it is playoff time. So if the guys weren't locked in already, they're definitely getting locked in now because now it really matters. For so sure. you got to make the most of it, and you don't want anybody throwing you off. So you're, you're probably playing this safe. And in all honesty, there's probably some family members who are like, you know what, I, I'm enjoying watching it here and, you know, stay focused. We don't want to be a distraction. I could see that happening too, where people are like, you know what, I'm good. I'm just going to ride this out for the next month. Yeah, yeah. I just uh, hope it stays the course, man. Don't don't become baseball. Oh gosh. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this has been one hell of a podcast today. This has been the Nesson After Hours podcast presented by People's United Bank. I wish you could see her face. It is covered in tears because I am the funniest man alive. We love you guys, and uh, we will be back next Friday. Adios, bro amigos.